the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Perched on the Top Rope AEW Dynamite Discussion. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer from Ringside News and Sports Kita. I am Lee Walker. Now, AEW Dynamite gave us a phenomenal card. No pun intended with AJ Styles. But I'm going to jump right into it. We had two qualifying matches for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. We had a tables match, and we had a dream match of FTR and the Young Bucks. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it with the first match. We had Christian Cage taking on Adam Cole, baby. This was a great match. The ring psychology was great. The storytelling within the match was great. This was a pay-per-view quality match, and it was a great way to start off the show with a red-hot Boston crowd. Man, what a match. Some of the most memorable moments from this match was Cole Spitz at Cage, and at that point attempts to sucker him into chasing him only for... Captain Charisma to see it coming and cut him off with a big right hand on the floor. It was, it was a great spot. Uh, we also saw Christian Cage leapfrog the ring post only to crash and burn on the arena floor. Uh, after that, Cole retained control the rest of the bout. There was a great call spot by Excalibur, actually, when... Cole failed to put Cage away with his finishing move, the boom, you know, with his knee. Uh, Excalibur claimed it was because he did not lower the knee pad just like he failed to do so against Hangman Page against Revolution. This was a great call-out by the commentary team. The match would end when Cole hooked the rope with his leg to counter an attempted kill switch and would then poke cage in the eyes and follow up with the boom again no knee pad this time he would win the match that way it was a great finish after the match though this is where we would see hangman page challenge cole next friday on aew rampage in a texas death match now cole sold this perfectly uh, dismayed and concerned, and Paige said, if I were you, I would get my affairs in order, as he told the top contender. Uh, this is going to be a great match on Rampage, folks. Make sure you watch it next Friday. The only thing I would say about Adam Cole is, even in a match like this where he had no interference, it would be nice to see him win and win clean. The next match is our first Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament qualifying match as Samoa Joe makes his in-ring debut in AEW taking on Max Caster. 
Now, you know when Max Caster's coming to the ring, you're going to get made fun of in a rap, and that happened. Max Caster wasted no time with his raps. When we beat them in the ratings, he was their champ. Caster rapped about Joe's time as NXT champion. Uh, Fun was not on the agenda for Samoa Joe at all. He was not impressed with Max Caster's pre-rap and wasted little time showing it. Uh, Joe obliterated the acclaimed Mike Mann and defeating him in essentially what is nothing more than a squash match. This was an impressive showing for Samoa Joe, not so much for Max Caster. After the match, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt would appear on video screen and said that they had a present for Joe next week in New Orleans. So make sure you tune into AEW Dynamite on TBS next week to find out what that present is. In another quick match, we have Sean Dean. That's right, Sean Dean defeating Sean Spears. Sean Spears, you might remember in WWE, is 10. Ty Dillinger. Uh, This was a quick match. MJF joins on commentary. Uh, Spears dispatched Dean right away. Dean eventually came back with chops, but Spears hits the pump handle neckbreaker, which would have gotten the win had Spears not pulled Dean up from the two count. Uh, Spears set Dean up for the C4, and then cameras cut backstage and show security staff laid out. There's only one person doing that, ladies and gentlemen, and that's Wardlow. Wardlow appears backstage. He's manhandling security like it's his job. And MJF is not paying him for this job, by the way. As it's been made known, he's not under contract with AEW, but under contract with MJF. And MJF is basically paying him to sit home. Well, Wardlow eventually overpowered the rest of security on his way to the ring. And this distraction was enough for Dean to roll up Spears for the win. Now, this is a good win for Sean Dean, but this does nothing for Sean Spears, who's seemingly in the same spot he was with WWE. Granted, he's getting... More TV time, but this is the first time Sean Spears has wrestled on AEW Dynamite since episode 120, which was January 19th. It's April 6, 2022, episode 131. So he hasn't wrestled on AEW Dynamite in three months. By the way, in January, he lost two in 12 seconds, and it was to CM Punk. And before that, his last match on AEW Dynamite was back in September of 2021, losing to Darby Allen. So we're not seeing Sean Spears as much as we had thought. He is on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation quite a bit. But my honest opinion, being part of the pinnacle is not helping Sean Spears at all. We get into some promo work as Kingston... Santana and Ortiz brawled with the Jericho Appreciation Society, chasing them out of the arena. It was actually pretty funny because at the end, Eddie Kingston, I don't know where he gets it from, but he takes a TV and throws it at Jericho as they're walking out the door. And it like hits the, uh, 
the post in the in between the two the two doors. It was it was pretty comical in my eyes, but uh, Kingston Santana and Ortiz, now seemingly baby faces, call out their foes in a six man tag match next week in New Orleans. Again, another reason to tune into AEW Dynamite next week. There'd be one last promo before our next match, and it would be Jade Cargill. Cargill has smart Mark Sterling by her side, and she's tired of former MMA fighters popping up in her ring. Obviously referring to Marina Schaefer and Paige Van Zant, who have recently joined AEW. Jade's 30th match is actually going to be Marina Schaefer, former NXT superstar. Though she didn't last long in NXT, Marina is currently... 29 and 0 as well on shows like Dark and Dark Elevation. And now we get to what should have been a good match but wasn't really a good match. The Hardy Boys versus Butcher and the Blade in a tables match. Now, it was an elimination style match and uh, this match was doomed early Jeff went through a table early on, but the table actually didn't break, so his elimination from the match doesn't count. Uh, Butcher's departure came in a better spot as Matt dove him through the table with a side effect. I would say this match wasn't great. You know, we did see Jeff take a big bump with a swanton bomb off the top of a ladder, diving Blade through a table for the win. This was more of a gimmick match, really highlighting the Hardys just for the sake of getting footage highlights. You can't really have these guys taking these big bumps every week. We've seen countless times already Jeff Hardy seemingly screwing up the Swanton bomb, not fully hitting it. We saw last week he hit with his lower back buttocks and legs and not his back, and you see the back of his head hit uh, the ring. As he gets up, he's grabbing at the back of his head. These guys are talented enough in their careers where they don't need to be doing this every week, but for some reason they are. Fans are enjoying it, and I guess that's all that matters. Some of the highlights that I enjoyed was the quote from Kingston in the promo, we're going to beat your ass old school like Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed style. I love that. That was a great spot. And and JR, when there's a bad match, especially a tables match, he has this quote, this is a bowling shoe ugly tables match. Jim Ross said that on Dynamite. It's a phrase that's like typically like a code for not good. And I have to agree. But this next match was good. And it's our Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament qualifying match. Akira Shida taking on Julia Hart. Now, earlier on, Julia Hart had told the Varsity Blondes to go to the back. This was, in my eyes, a hint of her turning with the dark side. You know, she had black makeup appearing out from the eye patch. 
it's really, really hinting towards she's going to the House of Black and she's going to be the first female to do so. In this match, we saw a more aggressive, no-nonsense Julia Hart, which I'd personally been wanting to see. We saw some really cool spots in this match. Uh, Sheeta pulled a chair out and did a running drop kick. It reminded me of Shades of Sabu when he would unfold a chair and and jump off it to the to the ropes and, and you know whether he did a springboard moonsault or a leg drop to the outside. It was really cool to see, and it just it just reminded me Shades of Sabu, especially considering she comes out with a kendo stick. She she was giving me some really cool ECW vibes last night. Hart looked good. I thought it was a great match. This match would end with Sheeta delivering a Falcon Arrow. After the match, Serena Deeb returns and confronts Sheeta as she has a chair in her hand. Sheeta has a kendo stick in her hand. So this feud is still continuing. Very happy to see that. It would have been cool to see Julia Hart qualify for the tournament. I know, you know, the last name is just a coincidence, but hey, still would have been cool to see. Now, before we get into the main event, which was your ROH Tag Team Champions and your AAA Tag Team Champions, FTR, taking on the Young Bucks, our correspondent, Justin Largito was actually at AEW Dynamite, and prior to Dynamite, they film AEW Dark. He sent us the photos. You can go to facebook.com slash perched on the top rope to see the post. Layla Hirsch was having a match on AEW Dark, and within the first minute, she was injured and the match was stopped. We don't know the the severity of the injury, uh, we will keep you updated. Just make sure you go to facebook.com slash perched on the top rope for more details. And we'd like to wish Layla the best of luck with what has happened with the injury. Now to our main event, folks. FTR taking on the Young Bucks. There was a lot of hype for this match, and there needed to be a lot of hype for this match. This main event was something fans have been looking forward to, just like fans were looking forward to FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers. This was a great match. And man, I'm, I I got a lot to say. I'm going to tell you about my favorite moments first. I really enjoyed that Matt mocked FTR's favorite wrestler, Bret Hart, and he actually drew like a ton of heat in the process doing it. I enjoyed the fact that the crowd erupted when Dax Hardwood had the hot tag. It was absolutely great. I liked Hardwood faking out Matt during the exchange of rights and lefts and hitting a pile driver. I thought that was just great in-ring work ability from both men. Nick Jackson interrupting the powerplex by FTR and delivering a Hurricane Runner to Wheeler uh, was a fantastic pop from the crowd. Uh, the low blow by Matt to Wheeler drew great heat, but was also indicative to the Bucks' willingness to forego sportsmanship in competition in the name of cheating to win. A very Eddie Guerrero-like move, if I do say so myself. Something we've noticed with referees and not paying attention has been an ongoing thing with AEW, to the point that Jim Ross even points it out on commentary. Referee Rick Knox actually opened his eyes and saw something for once, and that being Wheeler's foot on the bottom rope. 
thus taking away the victory from the Young Bucks as they had been given a three count. Finally, my last favorite spot was FTR kissing Matt as a knock to their trademark spot with Adam Cole when Adam Cole is in the middle and the Young Bucks kiss him on each cheek. The FTR uh, did it as a way to mock their rivals, and it was hilarious. It, it was great. This was a pay-per-view worthy match that we got on AEW Dynamite, folks. Again, the expectations were high for this match. Unlike their first encounter, this highlighted just how extraordinary the Ring of Honor and AAA champions are. Uh, the crowd in Boston completely took everything in that FTR had done. It was fantastic. Uh, every spot in the match just got more intense as each spot went on. The false finish with Wheeler's foot was a great one. So FTR wins the match. And this puts FTR and the Bucks one and one. Now we need a rubber match of FTR Bucks 3. It's going to be magical. Hopefully, AEW holds off on it so that the matchup does not become stale. And by holding off on it, it will have more meaning. Let these guys, FTR, have feuds with others. Let the Young Bucks have feud with others. And then come back to this for the rubber match. It'll mean way much more as opposed to, hey, I know we just fought last week, but we need to have a rubber match. I don't want to see that right away. I want to let this feud build up. Let it build. Let tensions build. It'll make for a better match in the rubber match. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the AEW Dynamite discussion here on Perched on the Top Rope. Make sure you go and listen to all our other episode podcasts anywhere you can find podcasts from Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, and anywhere podcasts can be found. You can also go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope, and listen to all our interviews with the videos. Yes, every video that you hear here on the Perched on the Top Rope podcast, you can actually watch on YouTube. Some are done in Zoom, some are done in person. And speaking of in person, April 14th, we'll be interviewing the Good Brothers from Impact Wrestling. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope, where we usually deliver the most news that we can. You can find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast, where we like to share funny memes involving the pro wrestling world. You can find us at Twitter at Perched Top Rope. I'm sorry, Perched on the Top Rope doesn't fit. But you can find us at Perched Top Rope on Twitter, where we like to share anything and everything that we can. You can find us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. And you're going to want to go there because we have Selena scenes involving the greatest moments in pro wrestling with the most touching song in history, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. And if you don't like that and you want to see Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog, that's there too. Ladies and gentlemen, spoiler-free is the way to be.